In this episode of Nitty Gritty, we have Chelsea Christensen with us, and it was an absolute blast to sit down with her. She is doing all sorts of stuff. She is running a screen printing company that makes those sweatshirts best day ever. She's part of Zaya Active. She sits on a board for a nonprofit called Anything for a Friend. She's worked with Richie Norton. She's currently a coach for the Allison Brand School, and she just isn't stopping. Not only all of that, she is a mom and a wife. She's got four little kids. She even brought her two daughters, and they hung out while we recorded the episode. Chelsea's mission statement is, I believe in living my best life, and I think you should too. As you listen to her episode and you hear her talk, you're going to see the progression of her journey and how she got to the point where today she can really say that she's living her best life and she's being intentional. So we hope you enjoy this episode of Nitty Gritty. And remember, support our sponsor, Perk. Throw in Nitty Gritty into the promotional code, and you're going to get 15% off anything you buy at Perk. So remember, Nitty Gritty, Perk Energy, let Let's get down to the nitty gritty. Welcome to the nitty gritty today. We're excited. We have Chelsea Christensen with us today and Chelsea drove a long way to get here. I would do anything to be on this podcast, (laughs) (laughs) but we're excited. Chelsea is, I mean, you've done a lot of stuff and we're excited to kind of jump into, I don't know what else you're working on now, but we're going to find out. Um, (laughs) It's but. fun. I, I do. I have my hands on a lot of different pots. I've done a lot of random different things, but I think that's what keeps me like feeling alive is kind of moving forward. And, you know, when I feel like I need to make a pivot, I'm okay to do that and just kind of go with it. So it's yeah. kind of fun. And we have a handful of mutual friends, yes. some of which have been on the podcast before. Yes. So we have some, some great people that we know. All the scary, powerful women. All this yeah. very powerful woman. <laughs> we're, we're here to take over the world. <laughs> yep, they are. They're taking over. So, but it's but, a good thing. So, Chelsea, <laughs> yeah. um, let's just let's jump right in. Tell me a little bit about kind of growing up. Where did you grow up? I know you're up in Utah now. Did you mm-hmm. grow up right there? In up in Utah, we're all in Utah. Yeah, right. So I grew up Sorry. in yeah. northern Utah. Yes, I actually grew up in a town of. It was about 700 people back then, Manaway. So it's in Logan. You know, you're going heading up the canyon, a little lake. I didn't know how lucky I was until I moved away. I always loved it, but um, well, I moved to Utah State, and <laughs> so not far. And then now my husband and I live in Pleasant View. Okay, with our four kids. Got it. How long have you been married? Um, 15 years. 15. And yeah. four kids, right? Four kids. Three girls and a boy? Three girls and a boy, yes. And her twins are actually here at the restaurant today, <laughs> busting out their homework. <laughs> they're doing homework out there. I know. I'm afraid they're going to see... Do you have any cute boy employees? I hope that they're still young enough that they're not going to be like, oh, look at those cute boys working. <laughs> I didn't think that through very well. <laughs> I, think they're, I think they're safe today. Yeah. Hopefully, because these girls are the only schedule. 13. These girls are 13, so we'll just keep them back in the corner doing their homework (laughs) yeah um but no this will be fun tell me a little bit about growing up because you obviously have done quite a few things you have this entrepreneur bug multiple businesses totally mom wife kind of you own all of these titles you wear a lot of hats yeah and i always love to know like did you grow up with that as an some either a mom or a dad as an example of it or like where did that come from the desire or the passion to do so much yeah so actually my dad was a landscaper so he owned his own company my whole life and i was able to watch him kind of work really really hard but also have the freedom to kind of come to my softball games or come to the school or pick me up from school or you know like he just had a lot of freedom and i noticed that but it didn't come without a lot of really hard work. Um, and then also, <laughs> funny enough, my mom is basically exactly like me. Well, she owned a clothing store, a nail salon, uh, and then she started a dance studio that's still in our family um, today. And so, and then she went back to school and she became a school teacher and just barely retired this last oh, year. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so, so basically, yes, I grew up with that whole entrepreneurial mindset. Now, all of your siblings, are they all similar, kind of all entrepreneurs? Have they all kind of caught that bug growing up? So my oldest sister, Mandy, she took over the dance studio. Okay. And so, yes, she has for sure. Um, no, my other brother's an engineer. I have a my brother, other brother just 
graduated in at from medical school and then I have a sister who is like a really awesome mom and and then another sister who's kind of a little bit she's always like crocheting and selling stuff and she has like a coupon page and she's so a little like a little bit of that entrepreneurial but just maybe on a smaller scale okay and when did when did it start for you I mean were you doing side stuff growing up yeah I mean so, so how did it start for you? Yeah, yeah, side hustles. And you want to know what's so funny is I never I never had the mentality of like, oh, I don't have money. I fe- I was like, oh, like if you want money, you just go make money. You know, I was always finding ways to like turn around and make money off of things. I actually remember riding my bike and this wasn't real money, but I remember riding my bike and just picking the leaves off the trees and pretending like they were my money. <laughs> <laughs> putting them in like my bike and just like you know or I was just I think I stole a jelly belly jar from my brother so I wouldn't like say that's a good way to make money but like it worked for me I was able to take all my friends to Kent's down the street and buy them whatever treat they, <laughs> they wanted I actually don't know if I've ever even told him that but I did I totally stole that so um I think that might be the only thing I've ever stolen just so you know but I just my whole life I've always just like I just have if I want to make money, I just have, you know, done something to make money. Where did the desire to want to make money come from? You know, I have actually been asked that quite a bit. And I think just, I like to have options. And I think that's the hugest thing for me is that I never wanted to feel like I had to ask someone for something or like even my husband, um, I, I don't know. That's It's hard because it's not that I don't value, you know, what he's doing or the money he's making, or I don't think that it's not enough or anything like that. But truly, I just didn't ever want to have to ask anyone for anything. I just have like an independence about myself that I'm like, I just like to do it for myself and figure it out. I like to be able to give to people without worrying if I need to ask Ryan if I can give him money or like, or if I, you know, or if I want to buy something, I don't want to be like, hey, like I found this cute shirt and you think it would be all right if I spent $25, you know, like I just, I just like to do I like to be independent. And I think that's a huge part of why I want my own, want to make money. So what's so funny is, I mean, if you go back to almost every woman we've had on here, their whole beginning point was, I want to go to Target and buy whatever I want to buy Jen. and not <laughs> yeah. ask, and not ask Susan. Yes, yeah, Susan. Uh, all of them. Sure. They've all been like, I want to go and buy whatever I want to buy right. and not feel bad yeah. about it and not ask for permission. And the funniest part is, is I, okay, so, you know, in the process of wanting to be able to buy <laughs> whatever I wanted, um, I, I remember one night. It was maybe, I don't know, one in the morning. And I was, it was when I had br- brought all the printing in home. It was like one in the morning. I probably had worked for 16 hours and I was standing there printing these shirts and I just had like these tears running down my face. And I remember just saying out loud and I was probably by myself, all I wanted to do was buy $2 shirts for my twins for Old Navy without asking for permission, (laughs) you know, and now look what I've done, you know? So, I mean, you got to watch what you wish for, I guess, sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, because look what it can turn into. Yeah, right? (laughs) Wow. So... When did you start like your official first business? So, I mean, did it happen after you got married? Was it before? Like, so before, um, when I was before I got married, I was coaching the drill team. So I was teaching dance and coaching a drill team at Box Elder, and um, I hated everything that you know the clothing that we would go to the screen printer and they would print this ugly block, just you know cotton t-shirt and I was like this is horrible you know so and I had I'd always played around with graphic design a lot and so I was like can I just design our own stuff and I'll just take it in and get it printed and so when you say played around with graphic design like what does that mean I don't know got on photoshop and just figured it out (laughs) so you just like taught yourself how to use photoshop yes why kind of like teaching yourself hebrew (laughs) (laughs) like photoshop seems so hard I started like a program called print master and it was like the ultimate scrapbooker I think and so when I took my um, the art into the screen printing shop for the first time, he's like, what is this? And how did you even make that program? You know, make this. I don't get it. Like, I can recreate it. Good job. Like, you're going to want to learn how to use Photoshop. So I just kind of got in there and I don't know, figured it out. Um, and so I was, I, lo- I love that yeah. underlying theory. It's like, I just figured it out. Right. right. You know, it's like, I need, I wanted to do this. Yeah. So I just figured out how to do it. That's so what it's like, it's, it seems so simple, yeah. but yet so many people 
don't connect those dots or aren't or are afraid, oh, I'm not going to be able to do that, or you know, they're worried about something else. So I love this underlying theme of I wanted to do this, mm-hmm. so I figured it out, and it makes it seem simple, but it's pretty powerful that you can kind of do that. Well, and creating options for yourself, like I think my biggest um, pet peeve, I guess, or like the thing that actually I f- not pet peeve because that's like an angry word, but the the thing that makes me feel the saddest when I see people is when they believe they have no options, and so. I just, I'm like, no, you just create options for yourself. And so that for me was creating an option for myself. Now I had the control of creating the designs that I wanted to be on on shirts. And so I did that. And I kept doing that while I was coaching on the team. And then um, I got pregnant with my twins. Well, I first got married. And I was still coaching and still making the clothes. My mom had had me do a couple things for her school at Northridge. And my sister who owned the studio was like, you're really good at this. Like, can you make some clothes for us? And so there were, you know, I had kind of slowly started to just, you know, make stuff for people. And obviously I was tacking on some money to it. So I was making a little bit of a side income. Were you doing just the design or were you actually sourcing like the shirts and all that stuff too? So I worked at a sports club who had access to everything wholesale. And so they would allow me to order through their account and just charge me like a 10% cut or something for what I was ordering. Um, And then I got smart really fast and realized like, oh, they'll get all I need is a business license. And these people will give me, you know, you don't have to pay that 10% cut anymore. Right. So that's kind of what I did. And then um, after I um, got pregnant with my twins, I was like, I can't keep doing what I'm doing. Like I can't go to early morning practices and I don't want to be teaching dance till nine o'clock at night. And I just really wanted to be at home. And then my, um, but everyone was like, will you keep making clothes for us? And I was like, sure. So it kind of just snowballed. Like I didn't really mean to um, create a business that way, but it just worked out so perfectly for me. Were you intentional about wanting to have a business? Like before you got pregnant, were you, I want to be a mom or I want like, I want to always be working and have a business. Like what was your kind of mindset going into that? I always knew I needed a creative outlet. Okay. So I did, you know, so I was doing um, like making the clothing. I also was doing some photography on the side. Um, once my girls got a little bit older and everyone kept asking me where I was getting all their stuff, then I created a baby store online. <laughs> okay, hold on. So we have scre- <laughs> we have screen printing with graphic design. Yes. We have photography that yeah. you did. Yes. And then I started an online baby store. It was and called Daisies and Dots, a really horrible name. It's fine. But <laughs> I sold baby legs. They were like these little leg warmers that go on your arms or uh-huh. your legs. They were before they were hot. And I sold so many baby legs. Um, and then Bumbos. I actually sold Bumbos on my website before they were in any like major store. So now you can get them at Target and Walmart and everywhere. Those are the little seats, right? Yeah, the little yeah, seats. Yeah. Because Those things were awesome. my yeah. problem is I had two babies and they... I was so scared they were going to get flat heads because, you know, you can't walk around carrying two babies all the time. So I just like did the research to find an option for my babies because they were a little bit behind. They were 36 weeks. So they were a little bit, they weren't sitting up maybe when they, you know, technically should have been or whatever. So I found those and I was like, these are genius. They gave me a wholesale account. So I had a garage full of bumbos that I was <laughs> selling to people, you know, but what does your husband say during all of this? Like, as he sees you yeah. kind of doing all this, is he just happy that you're busy or is he like what in the world are you doing i bet inside he's always thinking like what in the actual are you doing (laughs) like (laughs) who are you what like this you know but i have been so lucky because he knew well we dated for four years so he did he kind of knew what he was getting himself into maybe not to the level that he is you know that he's experiencing now (laughs) four years so through high school Mm -hmm. okay high school sweetheart yes yes okay and, um, but he has never, ever questioned me. Like he's never said, are you sure this is a good idea? Um, you know, why would you want to do this? Like he's always given me the freedom to make those choices for myself. Um, there was what I remember one time I did want to upgrade to a nicer camera. I had a camera that worked and it was great and wonderful. Um, but I really wanted to upgrade to a new camera. And so I, I knew he he is a more of like a, he likes to hoard money, you know, and <laughs> I don't really find a lot of joy in that. Um, and so I sat back and I thought, OK, so he's going to tell me he's like, you know, no, you have a camera. It's awesome. Like it works. Why in the world would you spend three thousand dollars and buy a new camera? You know, and so I thought to myself, OK, this man is an engineer. 
And what does that mean? That means he always needs a plan. Okay, so how could I present a plan? So then I went, this is the only time I've ever like performed a, like a story problem. But I did. I was like, okay, so this is how much money this camera costs. And this is how much I charge per client. And this is how many, you know, sessions it might take me just to pay, you know, I have this much money, I have enough money, but he doesn't. Okay, this is off topic. But like, I would say he would say, you know, well, why don't you save up for the camera? And I'm like, well, I have that money in my bank. So doesn't that mean I saved up for it? No, like you need to make a new account. And then you like transfer money over specifically every month i'm like this is so he's such an engineer yeah right so it's the plan <laughs> so i was like okay yes i have so i wasn't going to put it on a card or anything i was just like okay i have the money but he also needs to see a plan and it worked like a charm so i highly suggest any of you who are like me that needs something or you want something to move forward in your business and it's going to cost money whether it's a training or a product i suggest you write out a plan just do the pro- the story problem because it will work for you do you if know your though? husband's an engineer. If your husband. <laughs> What's so funny is that's pretty valuable advice to anyone. Like take yeah. the time to actually get an idea of what that looks like. Yeah. Because a lot of times I think we do jump yeah. before we kind of have an idea. Yeah. And, and there's a place for that too. For sure. But like it was really good for me too to see like, okay, I'm committing myself because I have this money and I'm going to spend it. But what if I get this camera and I'm like, man, I'm sick of taking pictures. Well, no, that's not an option because to make that money back that you had already earned, you know, it was good for me to see exactly how much, you know, how many sessions I would need to do to recover that money. So how long were you doing all of these things. So you, you're pregnant with twins. Uh-huh. You have your apparel, all of this stuff going. Yeah. I mean, at one point, were you trying to focus yeah. on one? Did you enjoy running all of them? I didn't like, um, I, I hated the the website because I hated having inventory. Um, I hated carrying the, all the that inventory, stuff. the baby stuff. Okay. Yeah. So that was mostly just when my kids were in that stage and people were asking me. So I'm like, I'm gonna, it was basically like an affiliate program, but I... <laughs> But I had to store all the all the products in saying, my house. Use this code. It's like yeah, come to my garage. We didn't have that option, so I was shipping stuff out. That was kind of a pain. So that one is probably the the shortest lived. Um, and then I did photography for a long time. Um, and I I really truly felt like it was a call for me um, to do photography to learn how to take pictures and to be really present with my camera. And um, I think. Um, so I, when my, when my nephew got sick and I had documented his life and, um, after he passed, it was weird. It was almost like, okay, it's time for you just to take pictures of your, of your kids now. Um, but I have, you know, folders and folders of just, I had taken that that responsibility almost without knowing what it was, but that, so it was a really tender thing for me and it and taking pictures of people's family and giving them that gift. And that was probably one of the most fulfilling jobs, but it also took a lot of time away from my family and energy. And once my screen printing business got so big too, I kind of knew I needed to step away from that. Um, but I gave myself permission once, um, once my nephew passed and I felt like it was more important for me to turn around and start taking pictures of my own kids and just, you know, focusing more on my one screen printing company. Yeah. Now, I've heard you talk about your nephew before, um, and you talked about kind of that was a pretty pivotal time for you. Yeah. On, so he had a, a brain tumor, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So why was that such a pivotal time for you? I think because before that, I didn't even know this kind of world existed. And I say this world because once you are in that situation, you actually are opened up to a whole new community of people. Situation meaning like, like a life, you know, like, like a, 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 a threatening illness or a okay. sickness or when you really need help. Like we hadn't really had anything huge, dramatic happen in our family before. We hadn't ever really needed, you know, I would say even to be like on a prayer roll, you know, like such a, it just seemed like we had a really simple, you know, easy life and, um, a full life and a great life. And I was really grateful always. Um, but as soon as we got in that place where it was like, holy cow, like we, this can happen to anyone. And we don't, we didn't have an option with him. It was like literally 0% survival, like, you know, 
good luck, basically, you know. And so um, as I watched just the people rally around my sister, she had a, a like a two week old baby, her sixth baby um, when he was diagnosed and like the the neighbors in her area brought dinners in every single night for over six weeks. Um, I mean, people would send random envelopes with money and um, I was, I actually, that was the start of when I became, I work on the board for a nonprofit, anything for a friend. And um, just watching all these people just gather together and like lift people up. It was just a whole new world that I didn't even know existed, but I knew that it was exactly where I wanted to be and that I was forever changed by. And so it just, I don't know. I just saw a whole new, I had a whole new fresh set of eyes. And if I'm being honest, like before that I, in like parenting and all that stuff, like I got a lot of anxiety and I, every single day I was so scared like that someone was in, like my kid was going to die like watching him play before he was before diagnosed? he was died yeah like after my kid my twins were born I remember just bawling my face off like but no one told me I was going to love him this much and what am I supposed to do with all this love I'm so scared you know it felt like fear to me and and so I struggled with that for a few years just like that I was scared to be in the car I was scared to watch him play on the playground like they're just so I was just so scared that something was going to happen to him and it actually made me physically sick for years you know like so um and I had taken a lot of time to really work through that like spiritually and just emotionally and mentally and all those things and the second he was diagnosed I was like oh no, like, cause I had gotten to a, a good place. And the second he was diagnosed, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so horrible. Like I'm going to spiral. Like this is terrifying. And instead it did the complete opposite for me. It gave me um, power in knowing that there's a lot of things that are just outside of our control. And so just to focus on the things that we have control over and to really just live an intentional life. Um, my website, I created after that was um, where I Instagram now, but it was called Best Day Everything. And I just sold a whole bunch of products out of my print shop that said Best Day Ever. And my, you know, that that carries with me a lot. I still randomly throw up shirts that say Best Day Ever. And I think a lot of people think it's because I'm really happy and I'm really excited about life and and it's fun and Best Day Ever. And, and while that is true, um, I just knew that I wanted to focus on making every single day the best that it could possibly be or on the really crappy days looking for something positive in the day to be able to move forward. How did you, how did you, the anxiety thing kind of sticks out to me. Yeah. What, what, what worked for you well, to get through that? Cause I think a lot of, especially moms yeah. struggle with that. You know, we, I remember talking to Robin about that. Um, just kind of how I was like, are you kind of creating bunch of paranoid women with like the safety tips and stuff oh, or like yeah. is that a concern and but then you hear her talk about it and you realize that like she has such a good balance of yeah she's been through this horrible thing you know she has kids yeah but she you know her prep like her being prepared keeps her well and that's calm right I was gonna say is anxiety comes when you feel like you have no options or you right. feel like you have no control well with Robin it's like she knows that she has a plan and that there are options for people even if you find yourself in a really bad situation. And so um, first, I I had no idea that I was actually, I think, dealing with anxiety. And um, I'm really good at always being okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm good. I'm Yeah. Right. I show up to the doctor and I feel like I need to make the doctor feel good. <laughs> like, oh, how's your day? I'm so sorry. You've been so busy. I know you've probably seen a million patients. And oh, are you okay? You know, can I bring you a drink? You know, like that's normally how I am. And so I literally had no idea. I didn't know what I was really dealing with. And I remember um, saying to my husband, like, I am like not okay. And even he, bless his heart, like he didn't know what I was feeling and I had always been okay. He was like, oh, you're okay. You're good. How hard was that for you to tell him that, that it I'm was, not okay? It was really hard. but and, and his reaction was, you're okay. And I was like, okay, I'm okay. Like, I hate you. No, I no, I literally was like, okay, I'm <laughs> no, okay. I'm I was like, okay, I'm okay. That's literally right. what I was like. And like, um, 
I had also gotten my gallbladder out like when my twins were six weeks old. And so that causes like stomach issues sometimes too. But like literally my anxiety was making me physically sick to my stomach constantly. Then I was getting anxiety about being sick. And then I was like, you know, so many things. And um, so I never received like any help per se. Um, But I do remember my mom like saying to me, you know, maybe maybe try turning this into like a spiritual matter. And for me, I feel like, just um, getting to that place where I just released control and just like tried to live in the present. Um, It was, I would say, I mean, it probably lasted a good two years. And I mean, mind you, I had two, two and a half year olds and a brand new baby in this time too, you know? And so it was kind of- That gives me anxiety. Yeah, right? Yeah. So it was kind of a lot. Um, But I think just getting like, I just had to constantly um, try to get that mind control of just like letting go, like just that headspace of just letting things be what they were was probably the only way I moved through it. And exercise is huge for me. Just like moving my body really provides me so much release. It's so important to, I always talk about you can choose to act or react to the world. Mm -hmm. Right. And so like what you're doing is like at, at that stage you chose to stand up and act yeah. as opposed to just kind of react to all the different things that were happening. Yeah. And it's really interesting that, well, two things have stood out as you've talked about your nephew's brain tumor. You always are saying we, Yeah. you know, it's not like my sister or my brother, they were going through that. Yeah. Like you've always said, we were going through it, which kind of shows how close the family was and how yeah. for you, how personal that was for you. Yeah. But that out of that, we started making these shirts best day ever Yeah, from one of probably the darkest days that you, to your point that you've ever experienced to best day ever. Yeah. You know, do you feel like, I mean, was there any, like, I'm just going to put it out there and I hope that's true. Or had you gotten to a point where you had found like strength in that time where it was like, okay, this is actually I'm going to make this the best day ever kind of thing. Yeah. I think naturally that is my, like my brain works like it kind of flips everything. That's a gift that I think that I was given is when something bad has happened. I'm like, okay, this is really horrible. Now, what am I going to learn from this? Or how is it okay? How can we move forward? How can we fix this? You know, like that's just a natural response for my brain. And so I think it's always kind of been like that, but um, we kind of adapted this thing too when we were going through that with my nephew. It was don't waste today worrying about tomorrow. And that I think um, teaches us to live today and live and make the best of exactly where we are right in this moment. Be, complete, be completely present in what's yeah. going on, right? Yeah. So as you started making these shirts and kind of the screen printing took off, you probably slowly stopped doing all your other stuff. Yeah. Um, did that become a full-time job for you? The screen printing? Yeah. Absolutely. So for like 10 years, I outsourced the printing and <coughs> I'm sorry, I had a cough. Um, I forgive I, you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I outsourced the printing for like 10 years and I got to a place where it was just too big for me to ha- let someone else have the say of when things were getting printed or um, you know, what colors exactly were being printed and all that stuff. And so um, so once again, I was like, all right, Ryan, let's go to California. We're going to like go buy some equipment and then we're going to go to Denver and we're going to go to this screen printing class. And that we literally um, rented a space and all this equipment showed up. And I was like, so do you remember anything from the class? And he was like, just made partner in his engineering firm. And so he has all the weight of the world on his shoulders already. And I'm like, so do you want to scream print with me at six in the morning and seven and eight? And then when you're off work, could you come back in so we could, let's go put the kids to bed and then we'll go print until one in the morning. Um, because the thing is, is that I had already, I had already made a whole, I had a whole customer base, right? So I already had all my clients. I had, I mean, hundreds of thousands of dollars a year being printed already from, but I was outsourcing the printing. Well, now I wasn't just in charge of, you know, taking care of those customers and ordering the product and designing and invoicing. Did you know you have to invoice people to make money? <laughs> <laughs> I learned that. There's like accounting <laughs> and accounts yeah. receivable. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then now all of a sudden I had 
I um, wanted more control. And unfortunately, I gave myself all the control. Um, So I literally lived a year of hell, like 16 hours every single day at the print shop. Like I would wake up in the morning and work out because that was I knew that was really important to me. Um, then I would, you know, go home and, and say hi to my kids and my nanny would come and I would go and I would physically screen print throughout the whole day. And I would come and maybe do dinner and put my kids to bed. And then I would go back and I would screen print till like one in the morning. And I just remember like asking myself, like, what on earth have I done? I went to a a dentist appointment, maybe like six months into it. And he's a friend of ours. And I sat in the chair and he's like, how's it going? And I was like, good, because everything's good. And he's like, so, you know, how's the shop? I'm like, good, everything's good. He's like, so are you glad you did it? And I didn't say a word, but I laid my head back and I closed my eyes and I just shook my head like, no, like I am not glad I did this. And tears were just running down my face. I didn't say a word, I just shook my head, no. And he didn't say anything to me about it the rest of the time. Um, but in that in that time, I remember I got like this random email um, from the Allison show and it was about like a workshop, right? And when you, back then when I saw, when I, saw Allison in the workshop and, and all those things. I, th- I thought it was just like for bloggers or, you know, people who lived in Utah County or, you know, just <laughs> like literally and that, that's what I kind of, that's what I felt like, like, Oh, oh you, gosh. like you don't belong there. Why would you, you know, but I was like, I, was the I, I was like, I felt like desperate at that point, you know, like, cause I was like, what on earth am I doing? And so I just signed up and I screen printed till, 1 30 in the morning I went and slept for a couple hours I drove down to Provo and the next morning I had to be there like eight or nine or something and you know so maybe I slept for three hours and I just sat in that workshop and I was like you know she really is so good about getting you to ask like the real questions like what do you need in life what are you doing in life like what feels your soul like where is your zone of genius what are you doing you know and I just sat there and everything I was like nothing I was doing was connected to my soul and who I was like I was producing and I was making people happy which is part of like my desire in life to you know be a service-based person who is helping other people and I felt like I was making their jobs easier and you know I was providing great product and I was meeting deadlines and I was fulfilling and accomplishing but nothing um that I was doing was like my zone like my true zone of genius or filling my cup or helping my family you know was that the first time you'd ever taken a step back to look at that um so in the process which this story is a little bit a lot hard for me to tell but um Somewhere in that, it's kind of a big mumbo jumbo, you know, those couple of two years, maybe. Um, my seven-year-old came up to me and she said, hey, mom, are you going to, um, do you have to work on Christmas? And I was like, no, I don't have to work on Christmas. And she was like, oh, good. Because last year you had to work on Christmas. And it was so sad because you didn't get to watch us open any of our presents. And it was so sad. And my initial reaction was to be like, you little jerk. Like, I've never missed Christmas. And if you have any kids in the room, then you probably want to cover their ears. Because I wanted to say, not only was I there for Christmas, but I bought every one of those presents. I wrapped those presents till two in the morning. And I sat there and I watched you open every freaking present. Like, what do you, you know, what's wrong with you? And instead, like, I just stopped for a second and I looked at her and I thought, oh my gosh, like, that's her reality. And even if it's not true, that is what she believes. And I don't get to decide. Perception is reality. Right. I don't get to decide what she believes. And so in that moment, I stopped and I just kind of swallowed my pride. And I just said, you know what, Ella? Like, I am so sorry that you think that I wasn't there for Christmas. I promise you I was there for Christmas. I promised I watched you open your presents and I would never, ever miss Christmas. You know, and then I had to self-evaluate. Like, what am I, you know, I feel really good because I'm creating some like independent kids like my kids. I mean, two year old trying to make eggs like that type of independence, right? Like they, they are, they are smart and they are capable, but am I letting them know that their mom will be there whenever they truly need her? And that's kind of a question I really had to ask myself and figure out a way to fix that. 
I can't even imagine what that feels like. Yeah. So was that around the time that mm-hmm. you went to the workshop as yeah. well? Mm-hmm. It was all in that, you know, few months, all in that time frame. So as you're sitting in the workshop, yeah, I'd imagine there's different exercises they're going yeah. through. What was kind of your aha moment as you were in the workshop? Like maybe you started to feel, I don't know what it was, whether it was guilty or not happy. Yeah. Did you have a moment where like, this like did you have your this is what i want to do moment or did you just have a something needs to change so there i would say there was like three mo- three times in the within the workshop that stick out to me so um we talk about like your core needs and my biggest one was connection and in the process of you know running all the things and meeting all the deadlines and doing all the things like i was connecting with no one because i was working mostly by myself I was responding to emails, which we all know how, you know, like non-personal that gets anymore. Um, So I, I, and I wasn't connecting with my husband. I wasn't connecting with my kids. Like I had lost all connection. So realizing that that was my core need in my life was connection. And I had no connection. I was like, well, no wonder why I feel like crap. So why do you think that was? I mean, if it was your core need, why do you think you weren't doing any of it? Because I wasn't aware of that. I was just not self-aware. I think um, my other, like I'm service is another one of my big needs. I love to like serve people. I love to make them, I love to make their lives easier. I love to help them in business or whatever it is. So I was doing everything I could to serve my clients, my customers um, in every way I could because they were the ones with the deadline, right? So I was doing that, but your family doesn't give you a deadline. Your family doesn't tell you, you have till tomorrow at two to show up and read me a story or play soccer in the backyard. They don't tell you that. And so in me trying to, you know, really just keep my head down and accomplish and like me make everyone happy, um, there where people were giving me deadlines, I had lost connection because my head was just down and I was just working my brains out. And then also at home, no one was giving me deadlines. They were always going to be there, you know? And so... I had just lost sight of that. Like I just didn't know how to do all of it. Yeah. So that one was probably the first place I kn- I, I felt that. And then at the end, I, I talked to Allison for a second and she wrote a list on the back that I think is really important for all of us. And she's like, I just want you to go home and answer these questions. And it was, um, what are the things you love to do? What are the things you should never do? What are the things only you can do? And then she wrote again, what are really the only the things only you can do? And those were huge questions for me because I wasn't putting the things I loved at priority. I love like meeting with customers and clients and talking to them and getting to know them and helping them and seeing their visions. And I love that so much. Um, so it's important for me to get on the phone with these people sometimes, you know, email so convenient, but it's important for me to invite them into my space and be there with them and talk to them. Um, I freaking hated screen printing and washing screens. Like, am I able to do it? Yeah, capable, yep. And But are there people who just want to come and work for a few hours and get paid and this isn't like their life calling? Yeah, there are. So why would I be doing that if there's people who need to just make some money while they're doing something else or whatever? And because that's not like my zone of genius, you know? And so I was like, I should never be doing that. And then what are the things only I can do? And that list has became smaller and smaller and smaller, which has made my life significantly better and better and better. Yeah, I've always, the most successful people say no. Yeah. Like you, you learn to say no. Or you so, let people do things that you think you can, you know, like I recently just hired someone to do all my my um, invoicing and, you know, collecting and all that stuff because for so long I believed like, oh, I have to do it. Like that's a responsible thing to do. Now I'm like, no, here you go. Take the wheel. You're yeah, doing a great job. For sure. How much money do you want? Take it all. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, not really, but you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, don't really take it all, but you know, yeah. But I think this is important to touch on because I, I think as, as parents, as you know, I think especially with moms, yeah, it's really easy just to get up, get caught up in, you know, I'm going to give, I'm going to give, I'm going to give. In your case, it was to business. Sometimes moms, I'm just going to give everything to my kids yeah, and I'm not going to spend any time on me yep. or on what I need to be doing. You know, yeah, and I think it's so important to always at least evaluate and see what's going on. Now, it doesn't mean you are going to be in a position to always do what you want to do, but to yeah. be aware, 
you know, of the things yeah. that you want to do. And I have a, a business coach and a phrase that stands out in my mind is we were talking about marketing, like so yeah. super off topic, but she was like, I always tell my clients, like, show me your budget and I'll show you what's important to you. Yeah. Because so many companies are like, oh, I'm not growing. I want to do this. I want to do that. And they're like, well, how much money are you spending on marketing? And they're yep. like, well, I can't afford to spend money on marketing because I have to do this and I have to do that and I have to do that. And they're like, well, there you go. It's not important to you. Right. So show me. But I think there's a side of this that I took away from that was like, I always talk about my family's my most important, you know, I want to be there for my kids. And so I took it like, show me your budget with your family. So good. Like, are you spending time where you say is important to you? Yeah. And I remember I did that. I came home from a retreat and my son had a school play or something at the school. Like it yeah. was so trivial, not important, right? Yeah. They have tons of them. Right. And I had a meeting. I was like, sorry, dude, I'm not going to be able to make it. Like it's work. Like this yeah. is what dad does. I go to work. Sorry, I'm not going to make it to all your stuff. But like that, it stuck out of my mind. Like, show me your budget and I'll show you what's important. And so I was like, you know what? I canceled my meeting. I showed up to his thing. Didn't think anything of it. Went back to work. And after school, he was like telling everyone, dad canceled his meeting to come and watch me. Hmm. And it's like something that he's never forgotten. Right. And it's so simple. But I think it's so important that you do try and, and do those types of things. You know, like put make your priorities because I think so many of us know what we don't want but yeah. we don't know what we do want yep and so because we don't take the time to really evaluate and we don't give us ourselves permission to say what I want right we feel selfish we feel like who am I to say what I want right who am I to say that I want to have a life I want to have a business to where I'm making money I have time to spend with my kids yeah. I can do the things that I want they're like well, that's not real. Well, that's what I want. Yeah. You know, to be able to put it out there and then work towards those goals instead. One of my um one of my friends, Mike Lemieux, showed me this analogy like showed me this visual of um like a water bottle. And he's like, oftentimes, you know, we we think we fill our water bottle up and then we can just dump it into other people and go around and dump it in. And he's like, but what about if we have our water bottle full and we make sure that we're continuing to fill the water bottle so that there's so it's all the way full that we can share that overflow with all the people around us. And so instead of like draining out your water bottle, just making sure that that water bottle is full. And so then it's like, you're constantly able to also give because there's so much coming out of you. And I loved that visual so much because I don't like to feel like I necessarily have to like, you know, really pull back or whatever, but I loved just making sure that all the things that I really want to do, like showing up today was one of those things for me. like. Uh, my first response would, would have been like, oh, like I should be at the shop and making sure that things are happening. But like for me, I feel like I have like a message that I want to share with people. Like I want to help people. I want to um, touch people and, and like lead people who ha are in situations like I've been or, you know, maybe have something that they can only hear from me or, you know. And, and so I was like, no, it's really important for me to just show up. It's in, if, if I have an opportunity to do something that really matters to me, like share a message, then I need to show up. And that's, you know, that's what actually got me here. That's awesome. Um, so what are you doing now? Well, I mean, we've talked yeah. about all this stuff, like fast forward, like, yeah. are we still running the print shop? Yeah. Like, like, what are we doing today? Okay, I have to tell you really fast the third thing because I don't want people to count at Allison's show at the, oh. <laughs> at the brand school and we only did two. So really fast. The last thing is we did a gratitude practice at the end and she makes you lift your hands up in the air and you have to say, I love my life. And I was on the back row and I was sitting actually close by her husband and I was like, this is the worst. Like I put my hands in the air and she's like shouting at us to, you know, scream out loud, yell, like I love my life. And in that moment, I just like burst and ran into the bathroom and cried my face off. And I was like, no, mm -mm, not me. I don't love my life. Nope. You know, and I went home and I shared with um, a friend like, that how hard it was for me that I couldn't say, say that out loud. Like I love my life, you know? And she said the most profound thing to me. And she said, the problem is not that you don't love your life. The problem is that you love your life and you're not living it. And 
that was exactly it. Like I was not living exactly who I'm meant to be or what I'm supposed to be doing. I wasn't using my gifts, you know, necessarily to, so I had all this trapped inside of me. Like I wasn't loving on my babies like I wanted to. I wasn't connecting with my husband. I wasn't like, you know, like just all the things were trapped inside of me. And have you ever felt like that? Like you have something to offer and something to give, but it's just trapped inside of you. I think that that was my problem, you know? So here I am now. (laughs) Um, And I'm, and that changed everything for me so much that now I like travel with Allison and and coach at brand school with her. You know, I'm one of her coaches. Like it literally changed my life just because it was, it was, I was in this foreign place and I was really just, I just self-evaluated and she has really great tools to help you move through that stuff. So, um, so I, I have to ask one yeah. thing. Oh yeah. I don't ahead. know. I don't know Allison, okay, right? Great. So yeah. I just kind of know her from social media. I've mm-hmm. seen stuff. She seems just kind of like, like hearing you talk about these like really serious, intense conversations and what I've seen from her, like just like her, like yeah. dancing around and being crazy, yeah. like they don't seem to line like those. It, yeah, like, no, I can totally. Like see they it. don't seem to line yeah. up. And so, is it like, like what was it about her? What is it that you do? Like, is that just kind of part of like f- being free or being open? Like, what is that? So, um, she's a business branding genius, obviously, because she, I mean, her personality is what has gotten people to her page and has created her following. Um. Actually, the podcast is the is is the one reason her podcast with Eric is the only reason why I signed up for the brand school. Like I didn't really follow her on her Instagram. Like it's fun and funny and all of those things. But when you listen to her podcast, there there is a level of like genius and realness there that I really connected with. And so, so is it, it, is it kind of feels like it's almost like two different sides of her that everyone has multiple yeah. sides right the kind of the crazy uh-huh. yeah like that's her personality and that's like yeah. who she is like you know she's fun and she's outrageous and she is you know a dancing and all those things and so people like that's like really fun entertainment but she also has a really like just um deep real genius side of her and i saw that in the podcast that's where i connected with like her not for real but that's where i was like oh okay she has something to say and that's where i like got you know a ton of respect for her and i wanted to like learn from her but it was mostly just like on a whim that i got there okay (laughs) so and now you're just you're like part of her program now So she has yes she she does um like in-person events and so she she runs it and then like we do breakouts with coaches so i'm just one of her coaches there very cool. So yeah, so I do that. Um, and then I still have my screen printing shop, but now I have like seven employees. So I have people printing, I have people cutting vinyl, I hired a graphics girl, I have um, someone who just took over my books, like it is, um, it's incredible. And the thing that I have loved probably more than anything is I, you know, I think about the people that I've hired, like my nephew works for me. And I've had two years of him um, like in my shop with me, which is, I mean, priceless for me. Like having that time to have a relationship with him and share that time with him has been huge. I have a friend who, you know, her husband left her and her four kids and she has struggled. It's been awful, you know, and I've been able to provide a place where she can come and she has freedom in her schedule so that she can still be the mom that she wants to be, but she can show up and she can work with me. I have a mom who, you know, sent a daughter on a mission and needs some extra money and all of her kids are in school. And so she comes and works also. And I have a, a brand new mom who brings her baby to work every single day. And I just like, I can't tell you what, um, like sticking it through and getting to a place where now, yeah, I'm making money there, but I just see it at this beautiful place where it's like giving people opportunity to provide for their family in a way that really works for them. And some days, you know, it's hard because if you're, you know, our schedules aren't like, I mean, they're mostly set, but you know, some days you're like, oh crap, like you want to go to your kid's basketball game? Like we got a lot of stuff to do or, oh, you know, but like, then I just remind myself like, this is a place where people can live their best lives because they don't have to sacrifice everything, but they can make, you know, they can still make some money. So, so you're doing that still. Yes. So going, I have my going job. well. Yes. It's going well. Yes. And I throw, um, I, so that provides like every once in a while on my Instagram. So that's the other thing I do is I don't really know what I'm doing on Instagram, but I'm on Instagram. <laughs> it's Chelsea Christensen. And, um, honestly, it is a place where I just share my voice and 
I have just always had like, I, um, I recently went to um, Susie's school, a retreat in Island Park, and we did this exercise and she's on, on there. It was like, what's the, you know, what did you want to be when you grew up? And like, what's a present you remember getting as a child? And I was like, I always wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to be a school teacher. Whoa. What was my favorite? Like I got a let's play school kit and I thought that was the best thing ever. And as soon as my kids were old enough, like I bought them that exact same let's play school kit. They didn't ask for it, you know? And then I always wanted, I always wanted baby dolls. I was like the nurturer and I was like, oh my gosh, like I, I want to talk because I want to be a teacher. Like I want to teach people. Um, so I guess essentially on my Instagram, I feel like that gives me a place where I can teach and it's mostly from experience. And so sometimes it might feel too personal for people. My grandma, she's like, what are you doing? Like, this is so embarrassing for you, you know, because she's in that generation where you just don't share. Like you don't share what is hard for you. You don't share where you failed. You don't share your, even your, you know, accomplishments. Like you don't share that stuff. It's very private. You know, you keep that to yourself. Um, but it, it is so freeing to me to have a place where I can connect with people and I can share my experience because I don't want them to have to maybe make the same mistakes or if they're in those mistakes, I want them to be able to see that there's a way to move through it. So it gives me a place to mostly just like teach and connect with people. Um, and then I'm also a rep for Zaya Active. And I'll tell you that I told you that connection is my is one of my you know strongest core needs in life, and that's what I needed from, and that's what I've gotten from um, being a part of that company is so much connection, and I get to teach people how to grow a business. You know, people who maybe don't want to develop their own product or who don't want to run a you know a, a like a brick and mortar or anything, but I I I get to take these. You know, we talk about moms on this a lot, and like I get to help these moms or there's, I have moms or not moms or business owners or whatever, you know, if they, some people just want to like are straight up business because they want multiple streams of income. Some people are moms because they need that connection. They want to build something. They want to feel valued and they want to connect with other people. And so, um, I just, I, I just have so much fulfillment in connecting and teaching and guiding and leading those people on my team. So I have a question. Yeah. I want to back up. This yes, let's been, do it. Uh, so, I'm reliving the story from a few minutes ago, the Great. screen printing. Yeah. I'm putting myself in your husband's shoes. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I don't know how I could do it. Like that. So that's the question. Like you're I wondering think, if he still likes me. Yeah. Like yeah. if my wife's like, we're going to California. I'm like, uh, I'd be like, no, no, you yeah. can if you want. But yeah, like it sounds like, you know, cause I think sometimes like marriage is hard, right? And so, you know, my wife and I have been through the ringer and, but that would be really tough to balance, like being a mom, being a wife, like being a mom is a full-time job, right? Yeah. And then having the screen printing shop. But I'm, I'm interested in, I guess, the marriage aspect through all okay. of that. Like how, cause he's working full-time. Was he, is he just laid back? Is he totally. just like, that's. He's a really laid back person, but then I always know when he's stressed because he gets shingles. <laughs> Really? <laughs> oh no! My like God, the worst poor thing. guy. I know, I know. and it crap. comes and it does. It comes out if he gets really sunburned or if he's stressed, then he will get right. shingles. He also gets like a cold sore in his eye. So at least he, will, if he doesn't tell me he's stressed, I know he's stressed. Horrible poker player. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, what? here's the thing: is that he has looked at me many times, and he has said to me, "Like you don't have to do this." Seeing that. Ultimately, I guess that was my question, yeah. right? It's not about like the old school traditional thing. No. I've learned so much doing the podcast. I think Jenna, Susan, Jenna, yeah. like the one thing that Jenna said that really stuck out to me that I've talked to my wife uh, with about is being seen, yeah. right? I just, I want to be seen because sometimes, I mean, I think being a mom is the most important job in the world and probably the toughest job in the world. Yeah. But at the same time, it's it's like Groundhog Day, right? Yeah. And and like your personality, it's funny. Like when I hear you talk, I just kind of picture like I'm trying to think. Maybe Ghostbusters was the, <laughs> you know, like when just like all of the sunshine or the the light just comes out. Like oh, you just have a lot of light inside of you. That you know what you're and, gonna guess what? Do you know what my word for the year is? What light? 
See, so that's the go. biggest compliment you could ever well, give me. Well, it's funny, like even when you're telling happy things, like you're choking back tears. I'm a pretty emotional guy, right? And <laughs> yeah. I've maybe cried on the podcast a few times. <laughs> but, you know, you can really see like there's just so much that wants to get out, just so much positivity that wants to get out. And it's really, really cool. But I also know that to get to the point that you're at right yeah. now, you generally have to suffer yeah, and because when you suffer and when you when you like you know kind of kind of like the dentist story, right? Yeah. First of all, where was the laughing gas? I and mean, he, he should have just put it on you, right? For, like, well, let's help he, like, a sister crying. out here. He's just like, what? just like you know what? Yeah. As soon as you start nodding your head and crying, you're just like, here you yeah. go. It's I gonna just put be the mask okay. On her. I'm just gonna turn that. Like, take a few deep breaths. And the poor guy, oh. you know, he wasn't expecting that. Like, right. He, and I just couldn't even put out words, you know. And so, I mean, that is the honest truth. There have been like. I mean, I think I I shared I've shared on my Instagram before, like one day Ryan walked in and I was just like laying in the bath and I was just crying and he was like, like what's going on? Why are like, you doing what? this to yourself? Yeah, like what like, and that's exactly that what would be what I would tell of, my wife. Yeah. And he has asked me that many times, like, what are you doing? Why like you don't have to do this, you know? And um and for me I was like, I have never felt more alone in my life. Like, that's how I felt. I just was like, and I am a people person. And the thing about it is, is I am surrounded by so many people. Like, I am surrounded by freaking amazing women and like men and friends. Like, I really am. So I am supported. But the problem for me was that I didn't have a lot of people in my life who were doing what I was doing. I didn't have a lot of people who had a desire to like build a business or like have employees or make money. Like, they were just, want. they were like, why aren't you coming to lunch? <laughs> you know, right. they were... And so not only was I feeling like not like I didn't really have anyone to talk to, um, but I, w I was also feeling like guilt and like I was letting down my friends because they were going to the park or, you know, going to lunch or and, and now I'm in a place where I make priority to do that. Like if if there's any chance that I can get away, then I get away and, you know, I'll show up for lunch and and, and do those things. But, um, you know, he Ryan going back to Ryan, like he truly is like the most solid person I know. And um, he reminds me a lot of my dad. My dad never like, tr like he, uh, he supported my mom in her independence and um, maybe even to a fault sometimes, you know, but like, right. That's how Ryan is for me. Like, what do you mean to a fault sometimes? I mean, because I think sometimes like when I, you know, maybe Ryan could, I probably wouldn't have responded very well. Cause one time he's like, so like, do you think you could put the laundry away? And I was like, <laughs> if you ever say that to me again, I swear to you, I will kill you. Like, no, you know, and he actually does 90% of the laundry. So right. like, I'm just saying <laughs> he, sh he had full like right to ask me that, but I didn't respond very well. But I'm just saying like, you know, maybe there's times where, you know, my dad could have said to my mom, like, Hey, like, you know, like what, what can we do better together? You know, how can we make more time, you know, to be together and, and same, you know, and Ryan and I are, I don't know, I always say we're like a perfect team and that sounds like arrogant or whatever, but like, I remember my mom, <laughs> like growing up, which we have a whole nother story of marriage, like marriage story. My mom did not want me to marry him, but now she like thinks he's the best thing ever. But I remember her saying to me, you know, don't marry someone you can live with, but like marry someone you can't live without. And that was the thing with Ryan. Like I literally couldn't live without him. I tried a couple times because we just, he's just so solid for me. And I think because I am like think so big and you know half the time I don't even share with him my goals or you know some of the big dreams and goals because I know that would like probably send him straight into a pure like panic because he shingles. just yeah <laughs> shingles yeah because he's just so solid and just so consistently like consistent like consistency is his core need like he just needs to know he's going to show up to work and go from this time to this time and he's going to make this much money and this is what it's going to look like and so that's pretty much your exact opposite totally right yeah. And I'm like, I, I, you know, we had a conversation one day with the print shop that I was like, so you're telling me that you want me to build wealth?
Like, no, I am not going to show up to work every single day for the next 30 years and save 10% and 20% and put it in a bank, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'm going to go freaking make a million dollars. That's what I'm going to do. You know, I'm like, I'm going to find other ways to make money because I'm not going to, you know, that doesn't feel good to me. Like consistency like that. I'm like, <laughs> Meh, that's for the birds, you know? So we are very, yeah, very you can't, different. You can't be like that and be an entrepreneur. Like, no, like could you i'm like kill me now like <laughs> but that's how most at, of the world have thinks fun at work <laughs> yeah have, have fun no, at i work. mean i love working i i'm not afraid of hard work I'm but not i know what you meant by that yeah, yeah just like go clock in go clock out no. just, so, and the world thing. needs all types of Absolutely. people right like if everyone was like us nothing would ever get done because right. we'd always be on different stuff <laughs> yeah that's it is i mean you i just told you i even left out the fact that i made a company called smelly stuff where i made chapsticks and lotions and soaps in our kitchen and sold them at craft fairs i don't know what to tell you i know it's ridiculous <laughs> that's wow. a great name though if someone needs smelly it. stuff mm -hmm. so i have a question as we've talked about this you had that pivotal moment with your daughter where she asked you like are you going to work on christmas mm -hmm. You haven't slowed down at all. If anything, it feels like you've sped up. Yeah. How have you made sure that you don't have that conversation again? So I like to call the biz like my businesses like a family farm. And so for me, I have, you know, when whenever we've gotten a place where there's some sort of conversations. Now, first of all, I will say my kids are older now, so they're in school all day long. I go to school after I take I go to work after I take them to school and I come I pick them up from school and come home and I'm done working besides like some team calls or whatever. I don't work on weekends anymore. Like that was awesome. something I was working on weekends. I was working at home. I don't do that anymore. If people text me on the weekend, I don't even respond to them. And I'll get mean texts sometimes back like, hey, I text you on Saturday and I haven't heard back. Are you going to? I'm like, oh, sorry, I wasn't working. Um, I'll be in the office at nine, you know, and I've just really tried to set those boundaries um, so that when I'm home, I'm able to be more home. So I want to put a pause on that because right. you talk about it like it's really easy. That's a hard thing to do. Yeah you know, to be able to do all of these different things and set those boundaries. Yeah. How have you been able to do that? Because with all of your stuff, your businesses don't stop. Yeah. Right. To your point, you are getting text messages. So when, yeah. like, how are you able to do that? How are you able to set that boundary? So th for the, for the print shop, it literally was a choice of walking out like walking out of the business. And, um, this year we stopped getting buses, um, for my kids because they built a new school, blah, 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 blah. And so um, now we, we don't have a bus. So actually, um, at first I was like, this is the worst day of my life, you know? And now even the bus, it sets a boundary for me because I have to leave my shop to go pick up my two kids who are waiting outside the school. So, I mean, that's not like, I didn't do that myself, but I see it for what it is. And I actually am grateful for it because otherwise, you know, I'd be like, oh, they're home. They're off the bus. They're fine. Like I'll get to them like five minutes before they need to be to dance or, you know what I mean? And so, um, but like, honestly, it was a choice. It really, truly was a choice. And knowing that I was going to maybe have some people disappointed with me because they were used to me re responding to um, their messages right away or their emails right away. And, you know, I saw a meme the other day that was like, you know, how in 1999 we were like assigning um, custom ringtones to every contact and now we have our <laughs> phone on like do not disturb and like vibrate and like we're just like please don't call me you know and that's kind of like how it was I think with my business I was like growing this business and I was like I was constantly reacting you talked about this a little bit I think you said act and like respond but I always say like I don't want to react to life I want to respond to life and I think responding is um taking that buffering moment, like even just like on Instagram or in my business or anything, just like stopping for one second and like, do I have time? Is this a good time to respond to this person? Yes or no. Or do I have to, you know, post right now? I don't like I can, I can take that and it's still going to be available for me to post in four hours, you know, and just really responding to life has kind of like that mind frame has, has made it a lot easier for me to set boundaries. Well, and that was probably hard for you to get to based on, you know, what I heard about the screen printing shop, right? Yeah. Cause you just felt like you had to go, 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 oh, go, yeah. go, go, go. Yeah. And so you know, I'll bet that was kind of a hard transition, like based on your personality and how you just like one o'clock in the morning, you're still out there. Like, like even horrible. Can you right. imagine? Oh, uh, yeah. No, it was horrible. Yeah. And so it's, it's, 
you know, I'll bet that I'll bet that was a tough change for you to make the, the boundary thing. I mean, yeah, just because it, it's like, well, how do I shut it off? I was just worried. I think I was mostly worried about disappointing people. Um, right. But I don't expect that from people. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't expect people to turn around a product like in two hours from China with custom rhinestones on it. Like, <laughs> you need ADHD because we've been disappointing, disappointing people our whole I lives. I literally feel like so I have it though, actually. It, maybe you do. I know. Like, I talk about it a lot, but it's... Yeah. So yeah, it's really easy for me to... I don't look at it as disappointing people anymore. I just forget to respond to people. Yeah. I'm horrible at the phone, but it's yeah. like... But it's okay. Yeah, and and, uh, yeah. This, and and everyone survives, including everyone you. Everyone survives. That's the thing. Every I think sometimes we treat our businesses and we treat our phones and we treat our Instagram and everything with such urgency. Like everything has to happen right now. Like you know, or you have to. I watch my dad still to this day. If his phone rings, he answers it. I'm like, Dad, it's from India. Do not answer. <laughs> that's your phone. my dad too. He you doesn't know? even like, look. He just answers yeah. the phone. I'm like, what? What are you doing? That's exactly. And so that that is like a huge something that I would, you know, say to people is just take that buffering moment every before you do or say or react or answer or respond and just make sure that it's that you it's within your boundaries of what, you know, if someone's calling me right when I'm picking my kids up from school, I'm probably not going to answer it, but I can call them back in 5 minutes and everything's going to be fine in the world. Right. Yeah. Right. We do we are so used to quick response now with yeah. with the way we communicate and it has become unhealthy. But I do feel like there is kind of a shift happening where people are realizing yeah. you know, like you said, the do not disturb yeah. thing, you know, or the, the auto text like I'm driving. Yep. You know, I'm yeah. just gonna turn that on all the time here pretty soon. And <laughs> sometimes like, you drive a lot. You're <laughs> yeah, always right. on the always road. On the road. <laughs> and sometimes I think we feel like we're doing people a disservice like by not act you know, answering, but maybe we're teaching them yes. something. Maybe we can all teach each other something that, you know, if someone doesn't answer the phone, it's because they're busy. And maybe right. instead of being like, Oh, I'm so annoyed, I know they have their phone with them. I know they have their phone with them. Yeah, but maybe maybe they're in this moment right now where it's not a good time for them to talk. Maybe, maybe it's a really about, good movie. Yeah, maybe they're watching a movie. Maybe they just need five minutes by themselves. Like, yes. it's fine. Amen. And let that be. And if know? it's an emergency, shoot a text. 911. Right, just shoot yeah. a text like, hey, uh, right. maybe you're busy, but I could really use your help or whatever. Totally. And so it's that's the one thing that drives me crazy is my brother will call. He'll call me three times in a row. Oh, I'll kill you. And I'm just like, are you dying? Dude, that will make it way harder to get through on him, right? Yeah. I, I'm like, the more you call. So call me once if I don't answer and you really need to talk to me. Text me. Just shoot me a text and let me know because I don't want to. I, I hate the phone. Yeah. Oh, I hate the phone so yeah. much. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway. That's awesome. Well, this has been a lot of fun. Oh, thank you so much. Um, we all, I always like to ask like going out. Is there one piece of advice, like someone listening, like what would you want someone to walk away with? Like as, I mean, I think there's a lot of really good stuff that we've talked about, but if you wanted someone to kind of walk away with one thing, what would you think that thing is? I always say, I believe in living my best life and think you should too. And it's a belief for me that I want, like I believe I should live my best life because I know that um, I'm not promised tomorrow. Um, which doesn't, it's not like fear. That's not fear for me. That's, that is, um, just being aware. And so I'm more connected to with where I'm at and what I'm doing and being more intentional. Um, not, not letting, you know, all the little things just ruin your days, let things go, um, and look for those things that, you know, light you up, be involved in causes that make you feel alive, um, Find out what you're like, your what you need in life to be happy, and and make sure you're pr- first giving that to yourself, and then if you have a partner, then be clear about that need. You know, share that need so that you know at the end of the day you can go to bed and 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 know that you're truly living your very best life. Cool. Well, thank you very much. Thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun. Really fun. You guys are awesome. 